0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Playoffs, did I hear the word playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing and our partners at Online have you covered. I'm a proud supporter of the Bay Area and all of its sports teams. And I've been watching the Oakland A's kill it in baseball. My money's on them. When basketball and hockey season runs around, I'm definitely rooting for the Warriors and the San Jose Sharks. Who are you rooting for? Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casinos as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, hello! Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds, and today's episode is going to be about developing confidence from a young age. I'm basically just going to be talking about all the different things that I did to really make me confident as a young kid growing up to be able to perform on the world's highest stage later when I was a teenager. So when I was two years old, I was already competing in ISI competitions, apparently is what my mom likes to tell me at four years old, I started taking ballet classes. I definitely didn't like it. It's, it's really slow. It's not dynamic. And for me, I've never loved ballet or whatever is kind of slow because I just have so much energy and I like to move around a lot and I like to do things that feel like they're working right away. So ballet was always just boring to me. But I I did like performing. I loved the showcase at the end of the year where I got to be on stage and feel super pretty. So I did like ballet in that sense. But what's important for ballet is you develop these little muscles which make you look sharper and more elegant later on. You know, skating is not slow. It's a dynamic strength sport and it doesn't give you elegance in and of itself. If you're not learning dance through a different outlet, you're not really going to develop that elegance and that lyrical kind of beautiful skating. And so that's why I worked in so many spheres of dance. I did jazz, which I loved doing. I did tap dancing, I did ballet, and then later on when I was a teenager and I was tackling these Latin programs, I was doing cha-cha classes, flamenco classes, salsa classes. Any Latin kind of dance, I was taking a class for it, so... Doing ballroom was really fun for me when I was older. So, I also was doing gymnastics growing up. I had a really tough and a really great teacher. She was a Romanian gymnastics teacher. Her name was Radica. And she taught me a lot of discipline and confidence when it came to competing. She was very tough, but she was very positive towards us. She was never really trying to put us down, but she would never give us false praise. So, She was pretty awesome in terms of being real with her students and improving them. She gave me excellent strength and control of my body through gymnastics, being able to lift my own weight. That gave me so much help with skating, with balance on the ice, because I could handle my own weight and I can control my body and the muscles in my body so much better because of what I learned in gymnastics. When I was six years old, I started skating with Marina Klimova and Sergei Panamarenko. They are the Olympic Ice Dance Champions. My mom used to tell me stories of how when she was growing up and she was young and loved skating, she grew up in a small town, Tver in Russia. She would watch Marina and Sergei on TV and she always thought that they were so amazing. Somehow, some way, my mom ended up living in the same city as them in California when they both moved out here, and they both started working at the same rink, and since they were both Russian and an American rink, of course they become friends, and we became really close family friends with them, so I grew up with their sons, we've always been family friends and have had parties together, but it was so amazing to have them be coaches for me marina was doing all of my programs when i was little and she gave me such beautiful musicality and choreography and she showed me beauty in women's skating her husband sergey panamarenko was also teaching me all of these different skating skills and edges it was really difficult but it was so great and so i was able to pass my senior moves in the field when i was eight years old and be able to be feeling confident in my skating skills and being able to hold edges correctly. It didn't matter that I was only eight and I was little and I couldn't really like jump that well yet because I already knew that I had really really great edges. So basically from a young age I was doing all aspects of skating. I was doing jump lessons, spin lessons, choreography lessons, skating skill classes, conditioning classes. Um, I was always performing artistic programs as well as my competitive programs. So when i was five i was pippi longstocking and my mom put pipe cleaners in my hair braided them spray painted it orange sewed me a costume that looked just like pippi longstockings and i did this really cute little artistic program where i was playing this character and then the next year i was pinocchio and my mom sewed me again the little costume we got this long fake nose that we glued onto my face and i played pinocchio the character and it was really cute and then next year I was Tinkerbell and I had the little Tinkerbell costume and I was always doing these artistic programs. And it was really, really good for me to develop this sense of character and the sense of being able to do different styles and not just be Paulina on the ice, but transform myself into something else. When I was four years old, I started working with my coach, David Glenn, and he had been my coach throughout almost my entire skating career. He's my jumping coach. He was very, very straightforward and strong with my technique when I was little. And I learned all of my jumps from him. He never let me go on without doing proper technique first. If I was doing something wrong, he would not let me continue. I needed to do it properly. I needed to do it the right way, the classic technique way, and have my body get used to it. It didn't matter if it was maybe more comfortable for me to do it wrong. It's really important to learn the basics really properly so that you're able to do triples later. If you just go the easy way to do singles or doubles, that technique might not work for you later when you need to be spinning faster and doing triples. So he made sure that I had the basics down and he never let me move on from a jump without learning how to do it properly first. I always did all of my jumps in order. Since I passed my senior moves in the field test, I was able to learn all of my jumps from the right edges and the right skills set to be able to do them classically and well. So I got my double axel when I was ten years old, and that was when I started trying to learn triples. And so, for that, I started consulting with Sasha Fedeev in Chicago and Christy Ness, who was right here in the Bay Area. Sasha Fedeev is a world medalist. Christy Ness is Christy Yamaguchi's coach. So obviously, Christy won the gold medal, and she's iconic. So. They were two really, really big figures in my skating career because my coaches wanted to know that I was on the right track because they were both new. You know, my mom obviously wanted to have me surrounded by a really great group of people and by the right teachers. She wanted me to have the best possible chance at learning and jumping. And my coach, David, I was one of his first up and coming big students that was able to Learn this at such a young age, and he saw my potential, so he wanted to make sure that I was on the right track. So working with them gave me a lot of confidence as well, because they were both really high profile skating people with great technique, and so for them to be teaching me and showing me the way to do things and sharing their knowledge and giving me all of the support and encouragement, that was huge, huge for my confidence. Um, That made me feel really good, like I had great people on my side, and. Because of them I was able to learn two more triples when I was 11 years old and then by 12 I had all five of my triples and by 13 I had triple triple combinations already. When I was in middle school so when I was like the age I want to say 10, 11, 12 I started working with my sports psychologist Colleen. Love Colleen. Uh, I had a really big mental block in middle school as I talked about in my last episode where I just got all of these butterflies and I couldn't jump and I could not do it anymore, and I was just burning out, and I was not motivated to pull in, and I was really scared to pull in, and I thought people were too close to me, and I had all these issues going on, and so I did not like going to a sports psychologist. I just thought that it was... A waste of time for me because I didn't like to open up. I didn't like to talk about how I was feeling and all of these different things. It just, it was uncomfortable for me and I was internalizing a lot of my issues with skating and my um, discomfort with jumping. For her to try to get to the bottom of what exactly I was feeling and what was blocking me was hard for me, but Ultimately, I I look back on it now and she gave me so many valuable lessons and so many little technique, tips and tricks to be able to get myself out of that hole I was digging myself in. And one of the biggest things that I can remember from her was she was talking to me a lot about visualizing, which again, I'm such a dynamic, energetic person that I don't really like to sit and meditate per se. I don't like to sit and visualize because it's just calm and I I feel like I'm not always the calmest person and so visualizing she really gave me something that I could practice and hone in and try to just see in my mind the way that I jumped before the way that I could do it the way that I wanted to be doing it and so with that I was able to take that on the ice and just remember that I did it in my head I can do it in person too So that was one of the best things. And she gave me a lot of quotes also from a lot of different famous athletes and skaters, which was really awesome. Also, when I was growing up, um, coaches at the ice rink would ask me to show a jump or a spin to their skater, and I could show them really well always. I'm not always the best skater in practice. I make a lot more mistakes in practice than I do in competition, per se. When I'm asked to show something and all eyes are on me... I feel like I have this light shining on me, and I feel like I have this opportunity to show how good I am, and it gets me super excited that I get the attention, I guess. I love the attention, and so I usually perform really good under adrenaline, and that's kind of something I learned as I was younger because, yeah, when... When coaches would ask me to show something to their kids, I would feel super excited that they, and honored that they would even ask me to do that. And I would go and I would try my absolute best to show like a perfect one so that they could see a good example for one. And then also I could get praised by that coach that I did it great or whatever. So that adrenaline, I I found that I thrived under it. And that really propelled me to competing because it was that same performance aspect where I had the spotlight on me and the ice was all mine. Over the years of competing, it brought a lot of consistency in my own mind to continue and be able to perform, because with that constant competition, all these little things, whether I was at ballet performing on stage at the end of the year, or I was showing other skaters how to do things, or I was in an actual competition, all of those little things added up to the same kind of consistency feel of performing under adrenaline, which gave me a lot of confidence to know that when the pressure's on, I'm ready to nail it. My team also, they never looked at anyone. We saw what other skaters did in the world, and we were working quietly, and we did it under no pressure, no rushing. It was all just focused on me learning in whatever time I needed to, but we knew exactly what our end goal was. We knew exactly what jumps I wanted to have at some point whenever I reached them, what spins I wanted to have, what programs I wanted to have. That was always the end goal. We didn't know exactly when it would be. We were hoping it was by the time I was 14-15, you know, in time for the 2014 Olympics, but ultimately I didn't have any pressure or competitiveness within the ice rink because I was not training in a facility where there were a lot of other elite skaters or a lot of other skaters particularly in my level that I was constantly competing with and that was super helpful I found for myself because nobody ever knew what I was doing. I would come to competitions and I would show everyone what I could do there but there was never any speculation or any gossiping or any chatting about what I had or didn't have beforehand because I wasn't training in some hot spot in Los Angeles or Colorado or Chicago or wherever a lot of skaters were. I was by myself in the Bay Area in my San Jose rink and there weren't any other top skaters there and so with that I was able to fly under the radar and completely train without this constant pressure of needing to perform good because everybody was going to be talking about it. It was completely just doing everything on my own and working quietly in the dark. One of the things I talked about with all of the different classes that I was doing, I also had conditioning classes. One of the things about me, I've always been competitive and I want to be the best at things. And so when I was in school, I always was first in PE when we would run the mile, when we would run a lap around the field. I was beating all of the boys and it was always super validating for me because no other girl in my elementary school would ever be running as fast as me or as fast as the boys. And so here I was beating them by a long shot and I would always tease the boys and they they would congratulate me and they would acknowledge my athletic abilities and whatnot and so it was it was always really fun for me to be competitive in that sense. So in the same way, when I was doing conditioning off the ice, it was really difficult. My mom had a lot of exercises that she learned in Russia. The reason that she's so reliable with her training techniques and her tactics with me are that she was trained in Russia to be a coach. So. In the U.S. it's different from other countries because pretty much anybody can become a coach. If you skated in the past you can start coaching you know with no education required. There's no kinesiology or anatomy training. It's all just based on personal knowledge of skating and In other countries, you do need to go to get a degree to be able to work in a facility like that and work with kids and train them because you are working with human bodies and you need to know how their physical muscles work and what kind of strength exercises are going to best help them for their sport. And so my mom went to a university in St. Petersburg that specialized in athletics. And so she was there for figure skating to become a coach and she learned for four years all the physical anatomy, all the different exercises and whatnot that were needed for them, what kind of camps they have. So she was actually learning under Russian greats, Russian famous coaches. Mishin was one of her teachers, which was really awesome because by the time I got to the international field and I would go to competitions and he was there, he of course recognized my mom and talked to my mom because she was one of his students. So that was really cool. But One of the reasons my mom was able to create such an amazing team of people around me was because she grew up in a system that really, really uses that. The system in Russia, you have teams of people that you work with and you have all these different spheres that come together for your skating. In the U.S., it's really not like that. And so for my mom to put together that kind of camp for me solo was super helpful. Her conditioning classes off the ice... They were always other students of hers or of David's. Any skater in the rink really who wanted to do the strength and conditioning class that my mom would teach out on the track next to the field, they were allowed to do it. They were invited to do it with me. So I always had a group of at least five to ten skaters who were off the ice doing these conditioning classes with me and it would be like a 45 minute intensive running, jumping, sprinting, jump roping, so many different cardio and quick exercises to develop this like light explosive strength in our legs and it was so difficult but I was super competitive with that always wanting to win in the races always wanting to be the fastest one year uh, my little brother's hockey team they were a pretty competitive travel team and the coach actually asked my mom to do off-ice training for them so do their dry land practice from what he saw that she was doing with the figure skaters and so I was actually out on every field practice dryland practice with my little brother's hockey team and so I was always racing all these really fast boys and being like a big sister to them and teasing them and working hard with them so that was always super fun for me and made it bearable because if I were out there by myself multiple times per week 45 minutes of doing all this grueling training and running with my mom pushing me and yelling at me I would have like absolutely hated it so That was really good. Over the years with constantly competing and the whole consistency thing, a huge part of my consistency was knowing that muscle memory was really important. So always training and doing repetitions, no matter whether I was falling or landing, doing the set number of jumps every day or spins every day, it was to train my muscle memory. That was huge. I never changed an element last minute before a competition. I always stuck with what I was always practicing. It didn't matter if I landed or fell in the competition. I needed to keep practicing that muscle memory. So I knew that if I changed an element last minute, I probably was not going to do well because especially under adrenaline and all of these nerves, your muscles need to be doing the same kind of routine that they do in practice. So if you just change that last minute, it's going to mess a lot of things up just with all of the nerves and adrenaline and everything running through your body it's going to make it 10 times harder to complete this element that you weren't practicing or you weren't doing even if it seems like it's an easier element at the end of the day if you're jittery any element becomes hard another thing that's kind of funny is whenever i won first place when i was growing up my dad would take me to toys r us and i would get to pick out a doll so that was kind of my my biggest motivation for trying to win before the age of 10, because I really wanted to go get a new doll every time, and um, I ended up having like 20 Cabbage Patch Kids in my room after everything was all said and done. Later on, I was always competing against girls who were three to five years older than me, but it never mattered if I were fifth or sixth under them. Of course, I was small and I was tiny, so if I'm eight and I'm competing against someone 11-12, They're a lot bigger already. They're going to be looking a lot more mature and maybe musically are just better because they're older. But it never mattered to me if I were fifth or sixth. We knew my age and we knew that that was a factor that, you know, judges look at. But most importantly, we knew that my own progress and my own abilities were what mattered the most. My ultimate accomplishment, honestly, was if my mom and David were proud and happy after my performance. If I came to them and they gave me a big hug and they said I did a great job, that was all the validation I needed, not necessarily my placement. That didn't really matter to me as long as I had my parents' approval and um, David's praise. So I think that was another huge key role in my confidence when I was older because knowing that placement wasn't everything, it's a subjective sport. You can't control what the judges are going to give you, um, especially when you're in the international ranks and there's so many games that are being played. I think I learned from a very young age that that wasn't really important and the people who matter are going to see how you performed and what you put down on the table And they're going to know and appreciate how you competed, how you skated. Knowing that I vied the approval of my mom and my coach, that was more important when I was younger. That really carried me through when I was older as well. I think the most important thing when you're growing up to develop confidence is to know that you have a really great team behind you. And you trust that the team you're working with are doing all of the right things for you and encouraging you and supporting you. If you know that, then you're going to feel good and you're going to feel confident in your own skating and your abilities. And I think the other thing is just consistency. I think doing the same thing over and over again, never changing your mind last minute or pulling out of competitions, you know, always putting yourself through the practice is super important and it's really important in developing confidence later on. It's also really important to remember that everybody has their own way of doing things and everybody has their own time. Me growing up, I never looked to other skaters who were my age or not my age, who were learning jumps faster than me or shorter than me or slower than me. That didn't matter. I needed to focus on myself. You need to have the horse blinders on. That's something that my coaches always told me. Plena, horse blinders. The only energy you can afford to use is on yourself. If you're looking towards other people and you're letting other people rile you up with, what are they doing? They got this already. Why am I only doing this? They changed this. Oh, maybe I should change this. That's not going to work because everybody's different. And who's winning today isn't going to be winning tomorrow. The people that I was competing with when I was younger, they were always beating me. But later, when I got to the higher levels, they were all gone. They were all burnt out already. And I was on top. Everybody has their own time, so the key to consistency and the key to confidence is believing in yourself and trusting that you will get to where you need to be in your own time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little spiel of my childhood and learning confidence growing up. Go ahead and sauce me a comment. Let me know what you liked about this episode. Let me know what you want to hear in the future. Follow me on Instagram where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. I love telling all of these stories. I love giving you guys all of this information to use and can't wait to keep sharing more. Cool. Talk to you guys next week.